This is episode 16, Is Your God Good? Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Coming back at you today with an episode called, Is Your God Good? Josh, how you doing, man? Is you good? Your God good. I'm good. I cannot complain. I just had a bunch of family in town for my mom's 60th birthday, Hey-o. which she wasn't a huge fan about. Uh, but I think all the surprises of everybody visiting uh, made yeah. it much better. Yeah, that's so, good. That no, was a good trip. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah, man. other than that, pretty normal. How about you? Yeah, uh, pretty good. We uh, we had an, it's Monday when we were recording this, by the way. So over the weekend, it was nice. We had like a ton of friends and people from our church over for a pretty sweet cookout. Um, really from our like small group, you know, we've been taking a break for the summer. So it was like, it was really good to just be around people. I don't know about you, man, but this coronavirus thing, it's been going on a long time and it's been serious here in Pennsylvania. Like technically we're not supposed to have more than 10 people at our house at one time, even right now. Still, Yeah, we definitely broke that. Uh, but we did it all outside. So I'm going to have to notify the state of Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on the record um, at this point. But no, man, it was just like really good to we had really a weekend of just being with people. Um, We hosted home church on Sunday where like four families came over. And then Saturday we had that sweet get together of just like, I don't know, kind of end of summer, kind of relaunching life group for the year. Um, But it was just fun it was really good last night i shot my bow which i haven't done for a long time and uh turns out (laughs) i suck right now you what you shoot at something just at a target just at a target um yeah but i was uh, hoping your neighbor like but it was in the direction of the chickens and i thought to myself multiple times like man if i miss this target and go high there's a chance i could skewer a chicken It'd be a low chance. I wonder, how but... you, I wonder how you explain that one to your wife. Like, do you just come in with the chicken on the arrow still and you're just like, hey, honey? <laughs> I think I would. I'd have to fess up. I couldn't. I wouldn't try to like play it off. Or you just leave it till she notices. Oh, my gosh. And you no. like, put some fear in the other chickens and we're like, oh, like these sticks come out of nowhere. They just kill us. <laughs> they just fly out of the air. So, no, that's the update is I did not kill one of the chickens. They are happy. And they didn't die on their own. No, they didn't die on We're their own. still at the beautiful 1-6. And after our party, we had like a crazy amount of cantaloupe and all this like berries and stuff left over. Somebody had brought a bunch of it and we ate a lot, but there's a lot left. So I just went out and dumped it for all the chickens. Dude, they love cantaloupe. They went nuts. They had to be like four or five pounds I'm glad of somebody likes cantaloupe. They ate it all, dude. There's not a scrap left of that today. So there's some happy That's birds. Funny. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm glad somebody eats cantaloupe because that's that's a miserable fruit right there. Yeah, man. Uh, cantaloupe and melon, the last two that are always left in the fruit salad. It's <laughs> true. Nobody wants to eat them. Uh, it's true. Yeah, man. So that's what's going on with me. Um, anything? Nice, anything crazy happening with Jack? Is he? Uh, is he happy? Your mom's sixty, or how do you feel about that? Uh, that's a good question. I didn't ask him. Yeah, uh, he spent a lot of time avoiding people. 
hmm. this weekend. Yeah. And even last week, my brother was in town last week. Yeah. Um, and he was a little overwhelmed, I think, by the amount of people that were around. So he hmm. was he was hiding often. You don't think but, it was just um, the emotion of like, I can't believe she's turning 60. This is such a life It event. might have been. I guess I didn't I'm really ask just, him. You know, just kind of isolating yeah. to just avoid it or, you know. Yeah, I wonder like if that. it's like, if it's a, his own mortality was just like coming into view. And <laughs> you're uh, just like, oh, like. Because he's be coming up on. If dogs were deep thinking here? beings and they just like, they really had a lot of deep thoughts like that. And then other times they're just like, oh, I wonder if that poop tastes good. And they're like, I'm going to roll yeah. in it and try it out. Pretty sure dogs just go food, 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 food. That's all they yeah, think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah he's coming up on forty two so it might be a a midlife crisis kind of thing where he's probably is probably is man that makes sense well cool well dude um this week we're talking we're continuing our series um kind of talking about like attributes of God so it was your idea to talk about God as just or justice love loving. And God's attribute of mercy um, together this week. So um, I don't know. What are your kind of intro thoughts, or, or why did you why did you think those three fit together? I think we're going to call this "Is Your God Good?" Um, so how does that kind of speak? We to definitely goodness? are calling it that since you've already called it's, it that. It's locked in uh, a You're couple right. of times. It's locked but, in. Yeah. Uh, why are they together? I don't mm -hmm. know. They fit together. Look at the words, just, love, and merciful. That's they seem to fit more together than they fit with sovereign, holy, absolute truth, and righteous. <laughs> if it fits, it ships, as they say. Yeah. yeah. Well, it comes, you know, we've said this every episode, but um, having the right view of God and having a holistic view of God is is extremely important. And, you know, as I've learned over the last, you know, couple of years, how important that really is and terms of um, our view of hope in our future, our, our view of, of God wanting to work on our behalf, uh, when bad things happen inside your life, how do you process those things? Those are all going to be dictated, and good things that happen in your life, those are all going to be dictated yeah. by your view of God. So if your view of God is he's vengeful, he's, he's out to get you, um, he's like, you know, you're your dad that, you know, is just waiting for you to screw up so you could be punished. Well, that's yeah. going to have a massive effect on, on how you interact with God. But, mm -hmm. you know, if your God is good, if your God is um, just, excuse me, and how he interacts with us and, you know, if he's full of love, if, you know, or, or in the way the scripture says it, God is love. Um, and if he's merciful, you're going to interact with God drastically different than, you know, if he was the opposite of those things. And I think oftentimes for us, we... We um, um, we don't even realize when the, our view of God is faulty, um, mm. and and I think that's what gets us in trouble. Of you know we didn't even know we were focusing on this one attribute, or we didn't realize we just had a faulty view in general of God, and um, this is why. So like I was thinking about this I don't know, last week, uh, sometime. But like if you're finding yourself in a place of of hopelessness. Where you're just like, it's always going to be this way. I'm frustrated. Yeah. My, my life feels mundane. It feels like, you know, it's always just going to be full of struggle. You know, I don't know where God is in the midst of this, where, you know, God feels distant. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with, with we have a faulty view of God. And we should probably be digging into, you know, these, what did we determine? Was it like 11 characteristics or something like that? I think Nine 11, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that if we dig into these things and figure out where... Um, where do we have these faulty views that we need to fix or readjust? And 
Um, yeah. And then the other side is, you know, you have faulty views about yourself or how God sees you and you have faulty views about how you interact with God. Um, and I think that's where the, that hopelessness or that mundane life comes into be. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think there's the, I have a bad view and I don't realize it. And let me just be honest. I probably have some views of God that aren't complete. I'm sure I do um, in my life that I'll kind of learn over time. Like, oh, I was thinking too much about just forgiveness. I was thinking too much about how important my actions were versus God's grace. Like, there, I'm sure there's things like that that I uh, don't know. <laughs> blind spots, and we call them blind spots because you don't know about a blind spot. But as I was thinking about kind of what we're going to talk about today, um, when we talk about justice, which we're going to do soon, um, is it, like right now, I don't think I've ever heard justice discussed more um, in my lifetime than I do right now. Um, but it's like social justice. Um, it's like, do you care about the the lesser than? Do you care about the not the lesser than those those with different uh, social status, economic status, all of that, all the racial stuff, all the gender stuff. It's like, do you care about those who um, it'd be easier not to see maybe? Um, so I just, I wonder if we're coming into this conversation, starting with justice on a kind of plane of like, we hear God is just, or God is the one who brings justice to all things. And it's like, well, then obviously he's in on social justice, you know, obviously that's what that means. But I don't know, I don't know what thoughts you have, but I, I think that so often we like to take this concept of like, God is the standard, God is truth, God is justice, God is um, love, mercy, God is sovereign. And we take little pieces of that and apply them to different things in our lives and in our own way. And, and then we miss the bigger image. We miss the bigger truth of God. Not, not God is sometimes just, but God is perfectly just all the time um, and for all time. Um, so, I don't know. When you hear that kind of conundrum of, of social justice versus just God being just, what, what springs to mind for you in that? Um. Like, I think there's some overlap to some extent in terms of, like, justice is a pillar of society, right? Like, without it, things start to corrode and, and, and fall apart. You see that in nations that have a justice system that doesn't actually work. Like, it's yeah. full of corruption. It's full of mm -hmm. crappy judges, you know, uh, incompetent lawyers or however it plays out. And mm -hmm. you could argue that to some extent of our justice system, but the foundation is, is relatively there. Um and and yes, God is the ultimate judge, and He is absolutely just in how He judges. Um, yeah. And you know, you can't bribe Him, you can't corrupt Him, you can't fool Him, you can't trick mm -hmm. Him, you can't like none of those things are true. Um, the the I think the biggest thing that shifts and changes though is, you know, Jesus going to the cross and dying for us makes a massive change to how mm -hmm. God now interacts with us, right? Yeah. Um, like. Because if, if with, yeah, right. Without Jesus, every human being that has existed in this earth um, is not, would be judged guilty, right? Yeah. Like we've yeah. all sinned. 
Now, old covenant, there was ways to get that get sin forgiven, and you know, new covenant, Jesus was was that that sacrifice for forgiveness. But so they, that shifts the game for us, and I think that's an important piece too of of like, yeah, that God is ultimately just, um, and He is the ultimate judge. Um, but you also have to remember when he looks at you, he doesn't look at your sin. He doesn't look at your actions. He looks at Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that, you know, restored everything. Yeah. Um, now, I think, you know, we see in um, uh, in Revelation, we see it in uh, some of the epistles, um, this idea that Jesus is going to judge us. Um, so it's the, you know, the second judgment, you know, for lack of a better term, um, that people have coined it as. Um, that judges our actions and that dictates the treasures that we earn in heaven, right? Like that yeah. that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too often we get into this mindset of God is currently judging now us. Hmm. And though he is and he isn't, like he sees Jesus, so he's not technically judging us. Like it gets into this whole idea from the old covenant is when I do good, God blesses me. When I do bad, God curses me. And that just doesn't exist inside of Mm. um, today's relationship with Jesus. Um, When I do bad, God might still continue to bless me. When I do good, God might still continue to curse me. Um, And cursing and blessing is probably bad terminology when we get into that side of things. But like, so there's that piece too. So going back to today's society and, this fight for for social justice across our nation um, in so many different ways, not just, you know, the current Black Lives Movement. You know, we've Mm -hmm. seen social justice for a long time. um, And that lack of justice um, really bothers people to a great degree. We get that. Um, I think that comes from God's character being imprinted on our hearts. Like things should be fair. Things should be just. And when they're not, you know, we're frustrated by that because that's Mm -hmm. not like it's not fair to us for things not to be fair. Um, so there's that piece of it too. So I guess there's some overlap, but yeah, we're not talking about social justice here. We're not like in all reality, Jesus, I don't think Jesus cares in the ultimate realm of things about social justices. Um, I think he cares about people meeting him and coming to Mm. salvation through him. Um, and that's the thing that's ultimately going to change, um, this society, um, your heart, our lives, um, in this Mm. life. And I think that's what Jesus deeply cares about. But have you ever watched, uh, the show, the good place? Have you checked that out at all? I tried. I'm yeah, not a huge fan. Jana liked it, so I, I, it was a show that she would watch, and if I were in the room, I'd check it out, you know. But um, it wasn't like a I'm not missing an episode show. But uh, there yeah. was this one episode where they find out that basically the system had been rigged, so a bunch of people used to get into the good place, you know, heaven. But now, like, the system had been rigged and they were counting all these things that people didn't even know they were counting. So it was impossible to get into heaven. Everybody was winding up hmm. in the bad place. So they started wasn't, counting. Wasn't that the the whole thing, though? They were in the bad place? They were. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Okay. They were. Spoiler, they were in sorry. the bad place. But they they thought, you know, they thought they were in the good place, basically. Um, but, yeah. Um, basically it worked out that people found out like everything was being hyper analyzed, like basically old covenant style analyzed. I say old covenant, but old Testament, like Jesus hadn't come yet. So it was your action versus your, your justice. You know, if you didn't, if you, if you committed a sin and didn't do a sacrifice of an animal right before you died, you were in the bad place. You were going to hell, you know, but they were looking at that uh, through this lens of like, if you bought rice and you bought it for a dollar and 10 cents, instead of paying the premium cost that you knew was 
more ethically sourced or whatever, that that would be a sin, you know? So people were like hmm. making all these decisions they had no idea were, were sins because, of course, they don't know all the trade-offs all the way down the, the road. And that's one just goofy example. But, but I do think like that's – I think a lot of people look at uh, Christians and – they think of us as like the Westboro Baptist followers. And I say that because everybody recognizes that, you know, like known for known for protest, known for condemning people, known for only talking about God is justice and you are in sin. You know, you're going to hell, yeah. all that that's stuff. That's the God like, hates gays people, if you don't know who Westboro right. is. God hates gays. Listen. And they always like go and protest soldiers' funerals for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like they just pick all the things that make people hate them the it's most because and we, do that. It's because we've allowed gay marriage, so God's killing our soldiers. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, it's crazy. But, but it's like this weird, twisted. Watch, it's all like, going to come out that like all their men were gay this whole time. It probably will. <laughs> it might it might but like it's it's this weird like everybody thinks of justice not everybody but a lot of people think of christians as being focused on justice so that they can tell everybody yeah. else they're sinning and they suck and yeah. they're bad but the reality is that's that's not it at all like when we think about god being why just, do you think it's that way though before you go to that next thought <sighs> like I Not, wish it why wasn't. do they view that way? Because it's it's a legitimate view. <laughs> it's true. I, <laughs> but I why do you think people function from that side of? It's it's a lot easier to. I don't know. Maybe it's easier. It's like you can. I think you can easily take a stand when you read a Bible verse that that says one thing. You can just take that verse in context and say that's what I'm going to be about. Um, you could look at part of Romans one and and say, well, it's because of sin that that God uh, has the stance in Romans one about um, people in sexual immorality. Like it's very clear, sexual immorality is not cool in God's eyes. It, that's a sin. You know, whether it's um, whether it's porn, whether it's gay relationship. There's a lot of things that God uh, is very clear on. Uh, or gay porn relationship. Yeah, put them all together. or that. Yeah, he's not cool with sexual immorality. But then you could make just a whole, like, you could say, well, that's what God is against because I read it in Romans 1. So, obviously, I'm going to be super against that, and that's what I'm going to talk about because I'm going to be doing God's will. And maybe I'm, like, oversimplifying that. But, man, in today's, like, social media environment and in today's constant I say 24-hour news cycle, but we just always are focused on what's going on in the world. It's easy to find stories of Christians doing things that make people hate them, <laughs> you know, and maybe doing it just for the shock value of that. Like Westboro Baptist, maybe they're just like, uh, we know we're not going to attract a ton of people, but we can attract some followers who believe what we believe yeah. by doing all these crazy things, by, by being known for being super anti-gay and super anti-soldiers and all this stuff, like, yeah, I, they can be known. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think, well, I don't think Westboro is trying to grow their, <laughs> their congregation. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I think they're content on their size. But um, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a part of it that um, if you're doing worse things than I am, then I'm better than you. It's yeah. a whole idea, like, this is kind of the underlying idea that that 
plagues Christians is if I do enough good things and I do few bad things, then I'm godly. Like I'm going to please God. I'm going to be, and I think that's kind of at play here. And it's, well, if I can show that I'm better, like I'm not looking, you know, at porn or I'm not having gay sex. Um, so I'm better than that person, which mm-hmm. is an easy thing to do. Cause like, I would assume there's probably fewer people having gay sex than regular sex, right? But you're also sleeping with your girlfriend uh, on a regular basis, but that's just not as big of a deal. Like right. that's a worsen because that's right. right? I'm so going to focus on the I one think, that's worse than what I'm doing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like I'm going to focus yeah, yeah. on the level worse or yeah, because then I feel better about myself, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to focus on this lady's gossip, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to think anything about my gluttony. Hmm. or my greed or my jealousy. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with any of those things. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's the, it's what Jesus said, you know, in, in the end of the sermon on the Mount. Uh, I think it's in seven. It might be the end of six Matthew but seven? of Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Um, but where he says, you know, take the plank out of your eyes, you stupid hypocrite. He didn't say mm. stupid. I added stupid. That's my interpretation. He would have. Right. He might have. Yeah. You don't know. Uh, stupid might not have. It might have been a different word. We just didn't know what it was. And right. We couldn't translate it. So <laughs> you get you hypocrite, not you stupid hypocrite. Yeah. Um, but you know, take take the plank out of your own stinking eye before you focus on this other thing. I think in that whole that whole section is about judging others, right? Like, yeah. Don't you know the the whole section? I think it is the beginning of seven. Uh, it starts with "Do not judge, <laughs> lest you be that's judged." The first, yeah, like that's that's the first thing, and the whole reality is. Like you've committed sins just like anyone else has committed sins. Like you're in no different place. Um, and then, you know, Christians take other verses throughout the epistles and say, well, no, Christians are allowed to judge other Christians. Yeah. You're like, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Like we're not judging in the sense of I'm saying I'm better than you, so I'm going to point out all the things that suck about you. Yeah. No, we judge in the sense of great love for that individual because we see the destruction that sin causes and we're trying to get them out of the destruction of the sin. Not necessarily like we're not judging in the moment. Like mm-hmm. I'm not – I'm not creating a, uh, a line in the sand saying, you know, you're evil, you're not. Like, that's yeah. essentially what judges, what you're doing as a judge. And we're not the judge. Like, God is the judge. He's the just, he is the just God. And thank Lord Jesus that he is because he's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and he is yeah. black and white. He's not going to be moved one way or the other. It's not his emotions that are dictating or his pride that's dictating all these things. Like, thank you that he's the judge and not some human being that mm-hmm. exists inside of this world. But I, so I think there's a part of it in that of like, I feel better about myself when I can point out the crap about other people's lives around me. Yeah. Um, or it's, you know, my own sin is, causing me to go down, you know, to point out these other things um, because I have the secret sin that I've been feeding for decades and I don't want to deal with it. Um, Like there's that piece of it too. So yeah, uh, I think, I think we get twisted in there somewhere along the way. Uh, And we're kind of going back to old, you know, going back to Westboro, like they're going after dead soldiers because uh, they believe that God is cursing America because of the decisions God, like America is making. Well, that's not the covenant. That's not how this covenant works. Mm. Sure, God did that with Israel, but God doesn't. God's not doing that with us. It's not how he functions. Our covenant got shifted when Jesus went to the cross and died and rose from the dead to an individual covenant. Mm. His covenant is between me and him. That's the covenant. Do I choose yeah. to follow Jesus? And if I do, I'm considered righteous. Not because of anything I've done, but because of Jesus' sacrifice. He does, like He's not putting my actions on the country and vice versa. Like That's right. just not how it works anymore. And I think that's where we find ourselves oftentimes of, well, I have to call out this sin or mm. you know, God's going to judge our nation. Well, yeah. no, that's not how this works. You ha- you don't have to call it that sin for any reason. Yeah. Or you look at it 
bring it even more micro into the church. Well, I have to call that sin or God's not going to bless our church. Yeah. No, 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 Jesus was pretty clear. I'm going to bring rain and I'm going to bring sorrow on both the good and the evil, on mm. the just and the unjust. Uh, yeah. Like it has nothing to – our actions don't dictate any of those things, and that's important. Now, sin, if not dealt with, is going to cause destruction. That's what it yeah. does. Leads to um, death. But there's a – yeah, but there's a way of dealing with it inside of community um, compared to outside of community. Yeah. And like you get into the verses of, you know, bring – you know, the verses of conflict, and it's bring it to the church. Yeah. You know, this individual sin, and if they choose not to sin at that point, then throw them out. Yeah. Um, I think it says it nicer than that, but it's essentially what's going on. Well, there's a difference between today's church and the community that was built, you know, at the early church. Like that was their entire lives was that community. Um, so you're pulling, you're you're saying, hey, like you've got to fix these things because you're going to hurt us. That's a different. That's one on one. We're having this conversation with people. Like it's yeah. not a judgment thing. Of I'm just trying to draw a line in the sands. You suck. Get out. Which we see often today. Mm-hmm. It's it's no no no. This is how. Like this is the destruction you're causing. This destruction is going to hurt these people around you in this way, and and like we want you to change. So we're going to pull community away from you for the sake of you to make a difference and a change. Yeah. Um, like right, that's kind of the piece that they're they're getting at there. Um, now you can argue what does the church mean? Is it the elders of the church? Is that who they're going before? Yeah. It's hard to say that that's what those verses are arguing. You know, is it the church body in general? It's hard to argue. Like it's kind of gets muddy waters pretty fast, but. Um, back to Jesus, our God is just. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we're so quick to be God, right, in our own lives that we think it's our responsibility and our place to decide what is right and what is wrong because I think it just makes us feel better about our own actions. I don't want that responsibility most of the time. Oh, like, I do. I take it in a heartbeat. See, that's the thing, though, man. You say that. And and there are moments where I've like I've asked God to judge people. I've asked God to bring justice on people in in life in different times. Um, not going to get into all the specifics of of why, but there's been times when I've known that that some really bad stuff is going on in people's lives that's hurting a lot of other people's lives, and uh, and I've looked at that and said, God, could you just bring justice on this person? Because half of that is like, I'm angry because I see what's going on and most people don't don't see it. They don't know about it. They're not privy to it through no fault of their own. Just most people don't know when bad stuff is going on. Because I mean, naturally in, in humans, when something bad is going on, we don't want to announce it to the world. We don't want to tell people we're hurting people. But so I've, there's been moments when I've legitimately asked God, would you bring justice on this man uh, or this woman? Not necessarily this this organization, not necessarily this country. God, would you rip down so-and-so country, you know, for this sin? No, but like, would you bring, would you express your justice in this person soon? I know you're going to one day, but could you speed it up? <laughs> could you let me see some glimmer of that now? And in I don't think God's ever done that in a way I could tangibly see quickly. Um, I don't think God has any obligation to say, of course, Andrew, I'll do that for you. Because the reality is there's times when I'm causing pain in other people's lives and God doesn't just immediately bring justice into that, you know? Um, So, but what I was thinking as you were saying that was, was I just, 
I don't really want that weight on my shoulders all the time. Like, I can't imagine being a, a judge in our legal system, um, just carrying the responsibility of, I'm going to interpret this law, I'm going to hear all the evidence of this person did or didn't do this thing, or this organization did or didn't do it, and then I'm going to decide, well, do you pay $1,000? Do you walk away with with no penalty? Are you, you know, are you judged and found um, that you're innocent? Or do you go spend 10 years of your life in jail? I can't imagine that level of, I can imagine it. I just don't want it. That level of responsibility on my day-to-day work, you know, like that, that would be intense. And that's just a small expression of the character of justice is saying, okay, here's the law that we agreed to. Here's the standards we agreed to live on. Your actions either did or didn't break them. We're going to find out break that law. You know, that's just one like micro way we try to take justice and apply it. And like you were saying, I think we have good foundations of our system. I think there's a lot of good people working in that world. Um, There's definitely some bad people working in that world. But hey, same thing is true of of the church that's supposed to be all about um, following Christ. There's some good people and bad people in it. Um, But all that to say, I can't imagine it on that micro scale. I, I I wouldn't want that responsibility in my life to be the judge of men uh, and of women. Yeah. Like I, I just don't have any desire for it. But there's times I'm pissed off about something, and I want it. I want to be the judge. I want to just execute justice. I want to just see that person's yeah. you know deeds made known to everybody so that they can be dealt with. But um, but that's not my role, and that's freeing in a lot of ways to say we have a God who is perfectly just. We God, like our God, God the Father, um, attribute of Him is justice, and sometimes that means that the things that we do today are known tomorrow, and that are there is justice in our lifetime, and. All the time, it means that the things we do today, the things we did last year, the year before, will be seen and judged by God at some point. It might be when we're dead. It may be when we're alive, but it's going to happen. I say maybe when we're alive. I believe there's going to be a final judgment for everybody, but I do think that sometimes God allows sins to be made known in our lifetime so that you're truly, in a sense, judged. You you experience at least partial judgment, not necessarily in the eternal sense while you're alive, but but those sins have consequences is all I'm trying to say. And sometimes God allows those things to be made known to push people out of positions of influence, uh, out of positions of leadership, or to bring up a, a person that's more God-honoring in today's life. Um, but God is just, and when we see stuff going on badly— at least we can take comfort in saying he's perfectly just. So there will be judgment at some point, um, and he's given us a way to follow him better through Jesus. So that's real rambly, man, but what do you think? Yeah, I I think the easiest way to look at this is to remind yourself that God is just, God is fair, um, ultimately. Hmm. Um, and when I say ultimately, I mean like in the end of time, God will be just and deal with everybody in a just fashion. Um, but in this life, God, uh, still allows, uh, sin to be rampant, um, and sin to cause destruction and harm, um, in other people. 
Uh, I think this comes down to we do have a choice in how we live this life. Um, we choose it to live with Jesus um, and aligned with Jesus, and we are abiding in Jesus, or we choose to do it the opposite. Um, I think where you start to struggle is, you know, Jesus says at one point, like all sin will be brought to light. That's true, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be true in this life. Um, and that's the piece you have to kind of rem remind yourself. So when people, we'll just use your example of, of leaders that have influence and authority um, over others and they're living in sin, they're causing destruction to those around them, mm -hmm. whether it's hidden sin or public sin, it doesn't really matter. Um, but God's going to allow that oftentimes. Um, he's not going to intervene. And you have to remember that kind of going back to, you know, God is also good. Like um, that even though sin is causing destruction, like there's, you know, God can take sin and turn it around to, to, to be used for good. So you have to remember from that side yeah. of like, though this individual may not be um, living a godly fashion, it doesn't necessarily mean God's just going to remove them. And I say all this to say this, if you're still in a position and you're a shitty person, um, you can't use that as, well, I'm still in the position. I'm still in the authority. I'm still, I still yeah, have the influence. So obviously God So God's me. okay with my actions, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not the case because one day you'll stand before Jesus, Jesus for judge and to be judged about of this action, whether you know Jesus or don't know Jesus. Yeah. Like if you know Jesus in terms of, you know him, you've given your life to him, you recognize you need a savior. Well, the effects of that is this next life or eternity is going to be drastically different for you than those that chose to live this life the way Jesus yeah. asked us to. Um, right. Like that's what you're kind of going up against. It's all, that's why, you know, Paul constantly said over and over again, like you live this life for the next, like, you know, keep your eyes on the treasures you're building in the next life yeah. and focus on these things. Like those are all important things. Um, but yeah, ultimately I think that's the easiest way to look at it. So though you're looking at a situation, you're saying, this is not just, this is not okay. So much injustice is happening all around this. It's so easy for us to take that and just say, well, God must not be present. No, like, God is working on their lives as much as he's working on your lives, and he will be just. Um, he will be fair and when it all comes down to the end of it all. But in this life, he's going to let us make some decisions that are going to be sinful and they're going to cause harm. Um, and God's not going to do anything about it in this life. And that's okay. And we have to be okay with that. Um, like it's hard to be okay with that. It's hard to wrap our heads around that. But we choose to be okay with that um, because Jesus seems to be okay with that. Um, and yeah. then we just look to the next life mm -hmm. of what, what God's going to do. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a good perspective to look through. It's a good thing to believe if you believe it, because, uh, there is just so much injustice constantly that's out of our control, but we, we're not, I don't think we're put here to make other people know that they're sinning. I don't think like the primary responsibility of a Christ, a Christ follower is to make everybody else aware of their sin. I think people are usually pretty aware of their sin. Uh, and I say, I think people are, because I think I am <laughs> like there, sometimes there's things that I, excuse me, that I don't know that I'm doing that are, are sinful that God later reveals to me. 99% of the time I'm very aware <laughs> of my sin. I think God, uh, God puts that in us. I talked about the conscience last last episode, and and I really think there's a reason that God gives us the ability to know good and evil, um, uh, that He allows us to do that because that's that's the way we can kind of choose. Okay, no, maybe 
maybe I want to do sin in this moment. Maybe I want to to do something that is outside of God's will right now, but I'm going to submit to God and I'm going to do the good that I know I can instead um, through his power, that through his strength, I'm going to choose to follow God better in this right now. So I don't know. I think on the topic of justice, God is just. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like to stand before God one day and to, to be at judgment in front of his throne. It seems terrifying, um, but but I'm glad that it's his job, and I'm glad it's not mine uh, to do that. I think we just mix it up sometimes and, and go down roads of, well, I need to make sure everybody else knows what their sin is. Uh, that's my primary calling yeah. as a Christ follower. No. It's to follow. Or you're Christ. trying to control them too, right? Like yeah. that's the other side of this too. Is yeah, like you know, I have to point out all your sins, and I have to intervene on all these sins because it's my job. Yeah, to essentially get you to fix your ways, um, and it's really just control. You're just trying to control yeah. somebody else's actions and motives, and it has nothing to do with you. Like live your life. There's enough going on there. You don't need to live theirs. Yeah, um, let them deal with what they need to deal with with God, or it's pain, like. That person has caused you pain, so you're going to spend a lot of time pointing out all the sins that they've committed. Like there, there's that piece of it too. That you know, when we um, when we've been hurt by somebody so easily, we're going to take the time to focus on all the evil that they do and point all that evil out um, to that individuals, just so they know that you know they're worse than you are, or however it plays out. Right? There's just this level of yeah. pride, this level of insecurity that just exists inside of people that I think oftentimes goes goes missed um, in their own life. So in all of this, what the what is the important thing? It has nothing to do with other people, because you can't control other people. It has everything to do with you. Mm. So your actions um, really, you know, you have to focus in on, well, if God is just, he's going to treat me fairly when, you know, if, if I live this life in the way opposite of what he wanted me to live it, well, like he's going to be fair in that. And he's going to give me what I deserve. Now, mm. if I'm a, if I'm a saved follower of Jesus, then, you know, I get eternity with mm. him, but I don't get the same level of eternity with him that maybe someone else would get that that's been an entire time serving and abiding mm. in Jesus. Like there's that piece. If I chose to just live my life the way I want to live it my entire life and I never came to that point of salvation with Jesus, well, then he's going to treat me fairly. You've sinned against God forever. Um, nothing has fixed that for you. And, you know, God yeah. is going to separate you from him for eternity. Um, like that's what justice is going to look like for God. But focus in on your actions. Um, focus in on how you're living this life because that's the only thing that you can control. Take Jesus' words stop judging people stop stop you know making it making yourself god is you know the god of justice like you're not that role don't play that role um it's with probably any of these things you're also not the god of all being all powerful so stop trying to you know force your power on everybody because that's just like you're you're not playing your role in all of this um now we're going to get to this next one of god is love and god is very clear <laughs> that we're to imitate this characteristic of him yeah. uh, in in our lives um, uh, and in the lives of those around us, but there's let's, a, let's kind of push forward. All right, we will. There's a quote. Um, maybe this helps. Maybe it doesn't. There's a quote in uh, Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. Um, I think it's in The Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, where Mr. Beaver is like taking someone to uh, to see Aslan. Um, Aslan's a lion, if you've never read the book, um, and he kind of represents God in this kingdom of, of Narnia. Um, and they, they basically say, um, well, 
is he dangerous? Um, and and Mr. Beaver says um, something like, or is he safe? That's what they say. Is he safe? Mr. Beaver goes, is he safe? Who, who said anything about being safe? Aslan is terrifying, but he's good. He's the king. Um, like, and I, I think maybe your point about justice is that God is good and he's going to be for us even in judgment. He's going to be fair to us, even in judgment. Um, and through the expression of Jesus, through all the things you just laid out, he's way better to us than he, than he needed to be uh, for us. Um, but yeah. Oh, for sure. Terrifying, we'll get to that one, but right? he's good. We talk about being, being merciful. Yeah. yeah. So God is love. What What do you think about the kind of love thing? Where do we, where do we get this right? <laughs> and, and how do we get this wrong? Um, I think I think gives me some. What gets summed up in this statement is like he is unconditionally committed to my well being. Like that's what it means mm. for God to be love. Hmm. Um, and now he's not just that for me; he's that for all humanity and everyone yeah. that has lived and will live. Um, he is unconditionally committed to our well being, but he also isn't going to control us. Um, he's going to let us make decisions. Mm -hmm. So if we want to live in sin, we want to pursue these things, he's going to let us do that. Um, and then you're going to suffer the consequences of those actions. Um, that's just going to be the reality of how this plays out. Now, his ultimate goal is that you don't go down those roads, that you fully exp experience this life with him um, for the sake of the next, but um, he'll let you do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I would assume that those that live that life and are able to look back at essentially probably on judgment um, to look back and him point out like all the ways that like, Hey, I tried to get your attention here and I tried to get your attention there. And I tried, you know, yeah. you hit rock bottom here and I sent this person to try to get your attention. And in all those moments, you, you didn't listen to me. Um, like, I think that's what the conversation is go going to be more like than mm. God saying, you know, you all suck. You all suck as human beings. <laughs> yeah. You ignore me the whole time. I hate you all. Get rid of, I'm getting rid of you. Hmm. Um, I don't think that's the, I think it's going to be God showing you over and over again of all the ways he tried to get your attention and yeah. you chose sin instead of, of him. Um, so I think that's a big piece of it. Uh, Romans 8, 35 uh, says this. I'll read this. And I'll read this with a big booming voice and not quiet <laughs> as one of our listeners pointed out this week. Good um, That when I read scripture apparently i get really quiet and i whisper it. really quiet whatever in all reality i'm reading something so i'm trying to concentrate and my <laughs> voice might change so chill out i'm dyslexic so you're kind of a turd for bringing all that up That's and pointing funny. out my insecurities it's funny uh but romans 8 uh says this can anything ever separate us from christ's love uh, does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have a have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or cold or endangered or threatened with death. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. No matter what happens in this life, I added that part, uh, who has loved us. Uh, and I am convinced, this is Paul talking to the Romans. I am convinced mm -hmm. that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't mm -hmm. and life can't. The angels can't and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, or even the powers of hell cannot keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
you ever just read that stuff and think, why am I saying anything other than just reading that? <laughs> like right. that is like so stinking good, man. Overwhelming victory is ours. Despite all these things, no overwhelming victory is ours through that's Christ. Crazy. Like that's so good, man. Anyway, I'm I know I'm totally interrupting so what you often, were gonna say, but that's so good. I wasn't gonna say anything. But like so often, how do we not – like we don't take that posture mm. of overwhelm because the circumstances right now in this life are saying that I'm losing. Yeah. And you're like, it's not about this life. Like you win in the end. That's how this is played mm. out. Continue pushing. Continue moving through it. Continue yeah. doing what Jesus has called you to do. Um, and you're going to find these things. Like death can't separate you and life can't separate you. Yeah. Um, nothing is going to separate you from the love of Jesus Christ because of what Jesus did on the cross. Like that's whew, that's good stuff. That is so good. It, I heard this it phrase. Would be nice, just a, I heard a phrase recently that one person uh, in God's will is the majority, um, and I was like, "That's cool. I like that." But like, regardless of circumstance, you know, regardless of what's going on, if you are in God's will, you're the majority, and not you're going to win the argument. Nothing like that. But like, if you are acting and living in God's will, if you're in this sense knowing that, that you're you're looking beyond your your common circumstances you're looking beyond your your hardship or whatever and you're saying no overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us um, and then you can go on and talk about how nothing can possibly separate us from the love of of God um it's a beautiful thing um but yeah sometimes I read scriptures like that and I'm just like man my words fall so far short to this these ideas that uh i'm like why don't we just read great passages of scripture as our entire podcast why are we adding anything to it yeah no that's that's definitely true there's <laughs> definitely those verses just like oh it's just good but the problem is like so many people miss those things yeah right like it's it's jesus speaking in parables right it's the same kind of deal as you know he he says these things in parables so those that aren't uh, haven't been revealed, you know, God hasn't revealed to them, then yeah. they're going to miss it completely. And it's kind of the same with, with the recorded word of God of like, uh, there's so many people that read those verses and completely, completely miss what was just yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is where Christians come into play of in terms of, Hey, this is what God has said, and this is what it means. And this is how uh, you can experience it. And, but even going back to like, you know, we look at it and say, well, you know, nothing is going to separate us from God's love. You're like, that's true. But remember, God is just. Mm. Um, so if you live this life full of sin, you never come to salvation with Jesus. Um, God still loves you. God still mm. deeply loves you. Mm -hmm. But God is also fair. Um, and God is going to give you what you deserve. Um, like that's just the reality of it. And that's hard for people to to yeah. see a God that's just and see a God that that is full of love at the same time. Because love in our society means you do everything uh, so I feel good about myself, right? Yeah. Like the second you do something I don't feel good about, then you don't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of where we live right now in our society, right? Like um, if you disagree with me, then you don't love me. You're like, no, no, no. Like I can still love you in a deep, passionate way and disagree with you. That's yeah. okay. Um, like, and so there's that piece of it too. If like, yes, God is 100% love, but that doesn't mean that God is 
blind to everything going on around him and he's just gonna cuddle you and tell you how awesome you are like that's just a that's a that's a lie that we've believed especially in american society and that's not what love true love looks like because true love is going to point out the things in my life that are causing destruction in my life Mm -hmm. like true love is is going to walk with me in the midst of those things to help me overcome those things that's what true love is going to look like it's not going to feel great all the time i'm not going to have all these ooh and ahs moments uh, because when god's showing me my sin that doesn't feel good i feel guilty it feels bad but when god shows my sin it's from a place of great love Mm. so when he reveals those things it's out of care for me it's out of desire to see me live the full life that he has for me and and to be conquering these these things that are causing destruction in my life and in the lives of those around me yeah but no god is 100 percent. god is love absolutely and i we talked about kind of injustice, like that that people know Christianity uh, here in the U.S. of being like very judgmental. That's the thing we're told a lot. But I, I do think that we, I think the church works really hard to express God's love to people. Like, I think most Christians I know work hard to try to do that. Uh, we don't always have the perfect way to do it, but, but we're... Christians in general are pretty quick to show up um, and and try to to do things out of love and because we are loved. Like, just I think of like just ministries that exist, man, just serving serving the homeless. You know, like a lot of those things are are powered and propelled forward by the church. A lot of those things were founded by by Christians trying to express you are loved because you're a child of God. So I'm going to meet these needs in a way that I can't. A lot of people who adopt children or do foster care do it of saying like I can be I can be the father or mother to to this child you know because um, because I was kind of an orphan and Jesus took me in um, Jesus cared for me um, I don't know I think there's just a lot of we beat ourselves up a lot but I think there's a lot of things that that the church pushes forward and the people of God do that are all about expressing God's love. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's true. What do you think? No, that's good. That's true. I think I think that is the case. You look at, shoot, the Catholic Church is responsible for um, hospitals across the world yeah. um, being put into place when there was no hospitals. Yeah. Like, it was the Catholic Church that did that. Um, I think there's a bad side of that of if, like, I think this is institutional side of, like, if I create a system that does this. Um, I don't have to love mm-hmm. like Jesus called me love because I built something that did it for me. Yeah. Like there's that piece of it too. Like um, the love that Jesus is calling us to live is sacrificial in nature. Mm. It's the same love he showed us. Right. You know, though, you know, you know, God's one and only son, you know, uh, John three sixteen. He gave his one and only son. That was out of sacrifice, um, and it's the same love he calls us to function in. So I can love you from a distance by doing things for you. Um, but there's no sacrifice involved in doing those things. Yeah. Um, it's when I see you as a human, I see you as a person um, where love truly exists and you got to dig into those things. But no, God's love is is unconditional. Um, it's not based on how good you are. It's not based on how bad you are. God's going to love you no matter what. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a great thing to hold on to, right? Like yeah. God's not going to be like, jo- you know, Josh, you've 
that was like your 17th sin today. Um, <laughs> right. I'm going to pull back. Right. I'm going to kind of let you be on your own at this point. No, <laughs> like God's in the midst of that moment <laughs> with our sin, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the beauty of who God is and why he sent his son Jesus to, to take on that sin mm-hmm. so he can be in the midst of that sin with us um, to help us get out of it, right? Like to help us avoid the destruction that's coming. Um like that's what we're kind of diving into and digging into, but yeah, um, you know, God's not going to create conditions for Him to love you. He loves you greatly. Mm-hmm. So, if we want to express God's love best, if we want to live this out, probably the best way to do it is just tweeting "Love you, bro" at people who are going through hard stuff, or "Hey, thoughts and prayers on the way." For sure. Love you. That type of for thing. Sure. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yep. <laughs> I think that'd be the easiest way to do it. Um, and just do like big blanket statements to like hit everybody, um, <laughs> yeah. just to make sure everyone feels praying for everybody out there like, today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, love is sacrificial, and yeah, um, love is sacrificial in the extent of patient too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, say you're you're dealing with a sin that I see, and I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand those things. Um, love isn't going to draw a line in the sand and say, no, like, I've already had this conversation with you three times and you're not going to do anything like good luck. Mm-hmm. No, love is going to keep having the conversation. God, love is going to keep showing compassion to that person. Love yeah. is going to keep, I'm not going to, I'm not here to give you warm and fuzzies. I'm here to love you well. Yeah. Um, and loving you well is, you know, like as Jesus loved, I'm con- un- unconditionally committed to your well being. Mm. Like that's what love is. So I'm going to continue to do those things. Um, but yeah. Typically, human beings, we have we have a line, right? Like our patience only yeah. goes so far. <laughs> our love is hyper conditional, um, uh, and I just and for you to love me, defined by our society, is you just do everything I want. Yeah, I know. It's not love either. Like <laughs> we're missing it. We're missing out on so much. Like then yeah. you're just this dude that never achieves anything in this life because I just kept giving you everything you wanted. Yeah, and that's not love. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's not going to to drive you to the full life that Jesus promised you. Yeah, um, that's just giving you what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave you I gave you all the sweets you could ever eat because you love eating cake. That's not that's yeah. not love. You know, it's I like no. that addition unconditionally committed to my well being because God actually knows what our well being is. He actually knows what our best interest is yep. because if you yep. listen yeah. to last time we talked, you know, God, if you've listened to any of this, God is is full in these traits. He's not just, he's not just sometimes loving, not just sometimes just sometimes merciful. Um, he is, he's all of these things all the time in their most pure form in the way that defines these words, like in the way that is deeper than our definition of the words. Um, God is good and he is about our well being, and he's full and all these things. So yeah, man. And in the, in the midst of troubles, in the midst of hard times, it's easy to think, well, God's not present. God's not here. He doesn't care about me. Yeah. Um, and in those moments, it's the most important to be reminded that, no, God is is love. God is good. God is here. Um, God is for justice. And I may not see it right away, but God's justice will prevail. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to be okay with that. Um, now, I'm not going to, you know, as Jesus said, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to abide and be in with relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Right? Like, I, you know, I got bad news this, this past week. Um, I thought one thing was going to happen for sure, and now it's all up in the air. Um, and in that moment, you know, 
feel the emotion, experience the emotion. Um, and it could be just like, God, like, I thought this was a done deal. Like, what yeah. are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the response. The response is, God, whether this comes through or it doesn't come through, you're still my God and mm-hmm. I'm still your your son. And I'm just going to continue to live in that relationship, trusting yeah. um, that whatever you have for me, whatever that might look like is what's best for me. And I'm going to believe that to be true. Yeah. Um, like it's holding on to those things that, that I think are important. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. Well, I know we're we're going on to kind of our third piece of God is merciful. And um, when I think about mercy, um, you can't you can't give somebody mercy unless unless they've done wrong to you, basically. I don't know if that's that's perfectly right, but to to give mercy, you have to be able to not give mercy, if that makes sense. Like I think mercy and justice are pretty tied. Um, because like, I think about it, if you say you, um, do something dumb, you have, um, couple drinks and then you decide you're going to drive my car and, and you run it into a light pole. And basically at that point, I have some level of ability to, to control justice, you know, say you're fine, car's fine, but it's, it's dinged up, you know, and, and I know the full story of what happened. Well, I have the chance to be like, I'm going to make sure that Josh gets uh, every bit of justice he possibly can get under our law in this moment, because I'm just so ticked he ran my car into a pole and he got um, he got my paint messed up. You know, it's going to cost me $500 to put a new bumper on that. Um, or yeah. I can be like, you know what, there's there's a moment here. And, and this is all, you know, sometimes true, sometimes not. But there's a moment where I can express mercy to you in this, where, of course, you're going to know exactly what you did that was wrong in that. But I have this chance to be kind of judge in your life in that moment. I have a chance to affect the outcome of whatever comes next. And so often we're tempted to just be like, well, obviously they did bad, so they need to pay for it. But it's like... How much more powerful is it in, in that type of moment where you have the ability to say, you know what, I could exact justice, but I'm going to give mercy and I'm going to do it to honor God because God gives me mercy constantly, you know, where, where I could talk to you and be like, listen, what you did was wrong. You know that. I know that. Dude, I love you. My God gives me mercy constantly. He forgives me. Um, not going to report this. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to pay for it. Um, I don't want you to do it again. Maybe there's more to that conversation, whatever. But there's there's yeah. a chance You're to not give giving mercy. you my keys again. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> You're never driving my car again. Uh, you're kind of out on the outs as my friend, but uh, but we're good, you know. But you have the chance to give mercy when you have the chance to judge. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, what do you think about that? I just yeah. I just think of mercy really think, tied to judgment. No, and I think it is to some extent. I, I think. Um, I think what happens with, with Christians um, is we downplay our own sin and the destruction that it's caused so we can feel better about ourselves. Um, so when that comes into mercy, um, like I downplay the ugliness of my sin, even I downplay it with God and just ask him for forgiveness. And what ends up happening when we do that is we don't feel the weight of what what mercy really is. 
when I fully understand my sin and what it's the destruction not only is causing me, but it's causing those I'm in a relationship with. And the fact that, you know, as as first John says, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just, or mm-hmm. we could replace that word as he's faithful and he is the judge to forgive us and cleanse us from all the wrong. When we have the proper view of our sin, we look at it and say, whoa, like, what did Jesus just do? Like, there's those moments. So now we're going back to what you're saying is now when someone wrongs us, we're not jumping to judge or or to justice and we're going to fix this. And I want you to feel the pain that you've caused me. Mm -hmm. We're jumping to it to to mercy and saying, whoa, like, I so easily could be where you are. Um, at times I've been where you are yeah. and my God forgave me, mm. wiped it clean as he sent my sin as far as the East is from the West. as mm. scripture tells us mm-hmm. like, this is what God has done for me. Um, and I'm so grateful to what God has done for me. I'm going to do the same for you. Um, like that's the posture we start to take when we start to truly understand the mercy that God has shown us. Um, we want to show other people that mercy because that's contagious. There's a piece of that. You're like, yeah. man, like, like how exciting was this for me? I, I get to now give it to somebody else. And, you know, you could play judge, I guess, in those moments, but it's not, you know, Jesus was pretty clear. Do not judge, right? Like that's that's the posture we're supposed to take or you will be yeah. judged in the same way and according. Um so I think there's that piece of it to you, but yeah. you know, all humanity function, you know, benefits from God's mercy. Like how many times has God had to have looked at somebody or society and just been like, are you freaking kidding me again? <laughs> like, yeah. How many yeah. times are we going to go down this road? Like mm. this makes no sense. Now God is love and he's looking at us from a place of compassion. Um, we oftentimes don't look at people that way. So we get yeah. the other side of, we put this God in this other side of the box. And we're mm. like, no, God's like, you're a freaking idiot. And I'm going to take you out now. No. Like, you know, he, you know, Jesus said in, in the, um, in the sermon on the Mount, you know, uh, he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sends his rain just, on the, uh, to the just and the unjust, and the unjust. like and that's hard for us to comprehend because that doesn't seem fair but you have to remember um, that god is merciful mm-hmm. um, and god is going to show mercy to those that don't deserve mercy just like we don't deserve mercy but god chose to send like look at it this way so yeah. here you are as a follower of jesus for whatever reason you got to hear the message of Jesus Christ what we yeah. call the gospel that you are a sinner separated from God that Jesus that God sent Jesus Christ to live the perfect life to be the perfect sacrifice taking on your sins and mine dying in our place the consequence of sin death um so we can experience forgiveness hope in the future yeah. like that's what what Jesus has done so like the mercy that Jesus has shown us and I think that's where we get lost you're Christian long enough you kind of forget about oh yeah that's what Jesus did no, no, no. Mm. We keep going back to the gospel yeah. over and over again to remind us of what Jesus did. So we show mercy as God has shown mercy. Um, and we look at people and say, no, nah, like, yeah, God's given them another chance. I get it. God's given me plenty of chances too. And yeah. I want them to find freedom just like I found freedom. Yeah. Um, so of course I want God. Now, there's some people that you just don't understand why God would show. You know, you people that that, that abuse children or hurt children. You're like, no, nah, just kill them all, God. Who cares? Yep. Um, yeah. But. That's not who God is. Mm. God is merciful. Um, and even though they, they're still going to get a chance until they breathe their last breath um, to choose to follow Jesus um, over and over again. doesn't yep. make sense. I don't think it's fair because yeah. I, I look at it and say, I didn't kill no child, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And God's out. still going to give you a chance. But the reality yeah. is like, 
I could easily find myself in situations like that too. I don't know how things are going to play out. Right. Like there's that piece of it. And for God has shown me mercy. Right. So I want God to show others mercy. And because he's shown me mercy and yeah. that's humility, right? Like yeah. that's the posture we should be taking uh, as followers of Jesus. There's a, there's a verse somewhere in the Bible uh, that I think Jesus said it, but basically, yeah, Jesus said at some point, uh, he was re revealing to people, he was saying, um, I'll make you understand what what um, what God meant when he said, um, talked about making sacrifices for your sin. He said, um, basically, long story short, is that mercy triumphs judgment. Um, like the expression of mercy is greater than the expression of judgment. So you can, you can get what's owed to you in the moment. And you can do that um, with the force of the law or whatever, if somebody's committed wrong against you, but that's like finite that happens. It's done and it's, it's gone. You know, you, you got what was right in that moment um, and you made it, you know, you did it by whatever law, but man, when you express mercy, like God has expressed mercy to us, when you legitimately forgive somebody's sin against you, small or large, and you do it from a posture of mercy of like, hey, I know this was wrong. You know this was wrong, but I'm I'm for I'm completely forgiving you, and I'm doing it because um, the God I serve constantly forgives me, forgives me more than I deserve, deeper than I deserve, better than I deserve, and He does it out of my best. Uh, well, my well-being at art, you know, God, yeah. God forgives us. And he's not just like, not just good of like, yeah, gotcha. I'll take care of you once or twice. No, it's God is so stinking good that, that he can forgive us, uh, forget our sin from our lives, like put it as far as the East is from the West, just like you said, and then lead us into better living, lead us into the next step of following him. Um, I don't know. I, I feel ill-equipped to talk about mercy because I, I feel the the weight sometimes of, of the things that I've done in my life that are sinful. And I think about the moments where I realize I'm forgiven and that God is showing me a new path forward. It's just humbling, dude. It's like you just yeah. feel the weight of it. Like sometimes you feel yeah. physical weight on your shoulders. I felt that in a spiritual sense before. And in the moments when yeah. I realize I'm forgiven and that God is separating that sin from me and giving me a better path forward, it's mind blowing because I know to the core of yeah. my bones, I didn't deserve that. <laughs> I did yeah. wrong. Well, and, I deserved to get what yeah. was coming. Well, and, the other, you know? and that's the other side of, of God is being merciful is we don't, we don't believe that to be true. Like, oh, we're not good enough to to experience this mercy, whatever our issue yeah. is. So we sin and we keep holding on to that sin. Yeah. Um, you know, I suck as a human being. I'm horrible. Yeah. I'm, And you just live in that cycle of things rather than saying, no, no, no. Scripture said that if I ask for forgiveness, that Jesus is quick to forgive. Mm. Um, he's He's taken care of it. He's white. He's washed it as white as snow. Yeah. So I have to live inside of that. So I'm okay, like now I'm I'm good or I'm right with God, um, and I have to own that. Mm. Um, and for some people, that's just as hard as uh, those that that don't own their sin. Yeah. It's hard to to not own it when when I when Jesus is taking care of it at that point. Um, there's that piece of it too. So like depending on what camp you're living in or what posture you're living in, like if you're beating yourself up for all your sin, um, feel the weight of your sin. 
But remember that Jesus's mercy was greater than that. It's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Now live in that. Mercy um, Or you're judgment. never going to find the freedom and the hope, right? Yeah. Like there's that piece of it too that, that we got to hold on to. But, mm. you know, I, I think as we kind of sum all this up, you know, God is, is good. And I think oftentimes um, we believe that intellectually. Mm. That, yeah, God is good. God is merciful. He's just, and he's and he is full of love, um, or the definition of love, I should say. Um, but we don't practically live that way. Um, like we we create these new boundaries and rules of, or we live on just one other aspect of God. You know, like we yeah. talked about the the throne characteristics of God last yeah. last episode, and we just focus on those that God's out to get me. That God is um, going to, um, He's fully in control and sovereign. He's going to discipline me, um, or punish me is probably a better word than discipline. Discipline is done in love. Punishment is just you being an ass, uh, and that's not who God is. Uh, so I think it's important just to step back over and over again. And even as we talk about all these characteristics, I find myself stepping back and just being like, you know, Jesus, like where, where am I not believing these things to be true in my own life? Mm-hmm. And how have I taken the fact that you're judge and you're full, full of justice. And that's not my place to take from you. Yeah. You know, you never commanded me to live in those places. Um, unlike you've commanded me to be merciful and full of love. So I'm going to take yeah. on those traits. Yeah. Um, like where have I tried to take control back from you mm. um, and not uh, let you be you and me be me and me hold on to my position as your son yeah. um, and your heir, but not taking on any of your responsibilities and positions um, that I should be taking, that I shouldn't be taking on. Yeah. That's good, man. And I, as you were saying this, I was thinking about just these, the traits that we just talked about, justice, um, love, and mercy. Um, And out of all of that, I like that we're calling this, is your God good? Because the reality is the backdrop is that God is good. He's ridiculously good to us, ridiculously just to us, ridiculously merciful to us, Um, just kind to us, you know, in general, um, and yeah. and very loving. God expresses the love to us constantly. But man, I find myself if I'm if I'm in in a moment where I'm like, crap, I'm gonna be judged for this, or crap, I just committed sin, or or whatever. Um, remembering that God is good really helps me. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. Well, it changes your posture too, right? It really like, does. There's yeah. two There's two options when we sin, right? Like you yeah. should feel guilty. That's normal. Um, but shame starts into the picture and it said, hide your sin, hide your sin. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, when we yeah. sin, it's like, I got to hide from God. Like mm. he's he's the dad with the whip and he's going to punish me. Right. Um, you're like, well, God already knows what's going on. He was present when you sinned. Yeah. Um, he's not surprised by it. Um, he's all sovereign. So he knew it was happening anyways. Yeah. Um, but in that, so our posture, because God is good, should be the second we do it, the second we realize we've done what we've done, yeah. we should be running to Jesus. Yeah. We should be running to God saying, God, forgive me for what I just did. Mm-hmm. Like I screwed up. I, I, I gave into the temptation. I, I was an ass to that person. I was, I don't love, I wasn't loving like you've called me. Love. Whatever happens to be, like we yeah. should be so quick to get back to. And this is kind of where I think we talked about, I don't know, one of the first weeks of this as we dove into this topic of God's character is um, we, we so often relate how our fathers interacted with us mm-hmm. and disciplined us, or I should probably say punished us yeah. if we have a poor view of it. Um, and it's, Oh, I can't be caught. Mm. Um, so I'm just going to hide it. Um, yeah. And we take that, that relation we had rather than if it was a, you know, 
a healthy, godly relationship. Um, and I'm not blaming dads. I'm just like, you're a sinful human being. Yeah. It's all part of the, the job. It yeah. comes with it. I get it. But uh, we take that trait, we put it on God. Well, that's not the position that God's in. It's our response should be, no, I just sinned. I got to run to Jesus. Like I've got to yeah. run there because he's the only thing, he's the only thing that's going to fix anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be our posture instead of hiding. Because when we hide, like the sin just gets bigger and destructive. And sure, God's in the midst, you know, he's there with you, but he's going to let you do it too. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, man. That's true. It's totally true. And uh good thing is that God is good and thank the Lord for it. Uh because if he was just just Amen, or just right. merciful or or just one of these traits, uh I don't know. Things would look different. So this is this is oh, part sure. of of our bigger conversations. Like you said, we picked I think 11 total ones. Um there might be more traits that we should have put in there, but um I know next week we're going to talk about God being faithful, which is just like the steadiness of, of him coming through as these things perfectly expressed over time. God is yep. faithful to us. So check that out yes, if you're listening is. now. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're going to try to do it a little bit differently, too. We reached yeah. out to uh, some of the people we know that listen. Uh, we asked, yeah. you know, how has God been faithful to you? And um, we're going to kind of change the format just a little bit and spend some time just sharing stories yeah. of God's faithfulness since... Yeah. Um, you know, it's easier to convince ourselves that God is faithful when we hear stories of yeah. God's faithfulness than it is just to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, so we want to share those stories. And if you have a story you'd like us to share, email us at hello at this Jesus Life Podcast. Dot com. Send us those stories of God's faithfulness. I think it'd be really cool to have a collection of those stories and be able to do different things Seriously. with them because yeah. you know God 100% is faithful, so faithful um, in our lives, in our hearts, and how many chances over and over again he gives us um, because he's so merciful um, to get it right um, and how God comes through so often in our lives. And even in the moments he doesn't come through like we hoped he would, um, even in those moments with a little bit of time and perspective, to be able to look back and say, oh, this is how God was working it. I didn't even see it. I missed it yeah. in the moment. But hey, hey thank you so much for yeah. listening. If you do, if you've kind of stumbled upon us, um, please subscribe to us. Um, we always say, hey, rate us as well, unless you don't like us. And in those cases, just delete our podcast from your podcast app and don't think about us ever again, <laughs> rather than right. rating us poorly. Because right. that would just... You know, we're, yeah, come on. we're, we're just come trying on. to please human beings around here and that would break our hearts. Um, <laughs> if you know either of us really well, we care very much about what others think about us. So we, That's we right. need those positive okay. reinforcements, um, or we just, we can't go on anymore. Um, but no, in all reality, please, please rate us, subscribe to us. Uh, it definitely helps us uh, get the word out. If you want to share us, um, with your friends, your family, people you barely even know, uh, that's always super helpful to us as well. And have a great week. Andrew, as always, my friend, it's good to see you. Good to see you, man.